This is episode 567 of the AWS podcast, released on January 16th, 2023. G'day, Simon here asking for a favor. We love to get your feedback and we really want to find out how we can make the podcast even better for all of our regular listeners. So take a moment and fill out the very short survey from the link in the show notes. Really appreciate it. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leach here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a special guest all the way from the UK, Mark Sales, who is a senior serverless solution architect. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you very much. Now, as uh, as Aussies and uh, Poms, we will avoid the topics of cricket, uh, rugby, <laughs> um, anything related to sporting <laughs> arrangements between our two countries, and That's focus purely on the technology. <laughs> so we're talking about something really cool today and, and something we can, I think we can really get our teeth into, which is something called Adibus Lambda Snapstart. Uh, now, besides having a snappy name, let's get right into it. What is Lambda Snapstart? Yeah, it has got a, a pretty cool name. I, I agree with that. So Lambda Snapstart is a performance optimization for Java managed runtimes, which will help customers achieve a cold start of up to 10 times faster. So it's a, it's a real a real game changer. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to use the phrase cold start and Java and that sort of stuff, but we need to, we need to unpack this a little bit. Now, I'm, I'm assuming most people would have uh, used Lambda who are listening to this episode, but if you haven't, Lambda is one of my favorite things because Lambda allows you to just write the code. It uh, spins up and functions when it needs to. All the underlying stuff is taken care of for you and then it goes away. Now, that's fantastic, but the question always happens as to what happens the very first time a function starts up? And that's a, that's a moment where we sit under the tree together and start talking about the architecture <laughs> of Lambda. And so maybe let's start with that because people will hear the phrase yeah. cold start. Um, so let's let's clarify what is a cold start. What happens when a function starts? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're used to writing applications in uh, EC2 or on containers, you're probably used to having a server that can handle multiple requests at a time. Well, the Lambda model is different. Each Lambda concurrency, so every time you have a concurrent request that will be handled with a separate Lambda execution environment. And this is really, really cool as a feature because it really simplifies the programming model that you have to worry about. It's a, another simplification that as a developer you get from using Lambda. But what that means is that you have to understand that every time there's an increase in concurrency, there will also be a new execution environment created handle that request and an execution environment is a, a highly isolated resource so this is a, a micro vm using an open source project called firecracker that is deployed to a, a bare metal host and within that micro vm we download your function code we start the java jvm we load your code and then we execute your your handler method and all of that happens in you know uh, a few seconds. It's a it's a huge amount of work to to happen uh, so quickly. 
it's it's pretty magical when you think about it because what what this yeah. sort of isolated environment gives you is 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 firstly an, an essentially an ephemeral executable environment, which means that from a, an attack surface perspective, there's nothing to attack <laughs> while it's running. So yeah. that's a that's an amazing thing. Um, it means yeah, that when things we could... spin up, they're they're like fully fresh, and it's 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 pretty wonderful. Yeah, from a from a security point of view, you know, we could talk for another hour about <laughs> the, the the security isolation and, and the benefits of, of using such an isolated environment. But unfortunately, uh, not today. Not today. But the 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 let's talk. Let's then define our terms with a cold start because you know cold seems to indicate you know some sort of slowness and, and concern, etc. And, and I I'm going to channel my inner Grandpa Simpson here and say, in my day, I remember when a cold start was months to get access to a server, not, you know, we're debating milliseconds, et cetera. But just to help us understand in the case of Java, for example, what, what was the starting point before we got Lambda Snap Start in terms of what a developer could expect from a typical Java Lambda function? Yeah, it was very variable. It really depended on the, on the code that you were loading into uh, the Lambda function. So Lambda functions are, are pretty resource constrained environments. You know, we, we've had this upgrade to 10 gigabytes of memory and up to six uh, vCPUs, but typically people are using, you know, two or three gigabytes of memory and maybe one or two vCPUs. So it's actually quite a constrained uh, environment. So if you bring a Java application that is used to running on, you know, a fairly large machine, it's going to become CPU constrained when it when it starts up because Java, um, you know, it does a lot of just in time compilation, which typically starts at the beginning of an application loading. Um, so if you're if you're bringing um, you know a, prop, a popular framework like Spring Boot to to AWS Lambda, you can see cold starts of anywhere between you know five, six, seven, eight seconds. Um, if you're using other frameworks like Quarkus or Micronaut, you might see cold starts of maybe three or four seconds. So it really depends on on what the functionality of the function is and and how you go about uh, you know using the frameworks that you you might be accustomed to. So talk to us then about what we've implemented to make things yeah. go so much faster. Yeah, and this is this is really interesting. If you think about the the, the process of, of Lambda scaling out horizontally and all of these execution environments, um, all basically doing the same work each time that they start. So they're all downloading code. They're all loading it into the JVM. They're all doing just-in-time compilation just to be ready for this first invoke. And you can have a, a function with thousands of execution environments, and they all have to repeat the same amount of work each time. So Lambda Snap Start changes that around. When you enable Snap Start, which is a, a function level config item, so it's just a, a tick box, which you uh, you have to tick. It's not on by default. And then create a function version. Part of the function version creation will be taking your code to a separate Lambda execution environment and just starting up the function, but not executing the handler method. So it does all of the work to prepare the execution environment, get it ready. And then at that point, it's going to take a full snapshot, given the name, of the micro VM. So everything that is running in that VM, all the processes, all the memory, 
and the disk state. And it's going to chunk up that image and then put it into uh, a data store. And then later on, when you come to invoke your Lambda function, it will read and restore a new execution environment from that, that snapshot image. And even better, it will only actually read the, ch uh, the chunks that it needs from the store. Um, so we get, uh, you know, as, as fast as possible uh, startup speeds. Amazing. So, so it's, it's yeah. really just you know, cutting out all that, that wait time in advance and allowing you to, to, um, to just speed it up. And, and even the, the restoration piece is quicker because yeah, it's only it's lazy loading only the things that need, must have to run. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, part of the restore process is actually, uh, we actually have a, a tiered cache. So um, your images are stored encrypted, of course, in, in S3. And there are a number of caches that your chunks can be kept in. So if you are um, uh, making lots of new execution environments, your chunks will be held closer to the Lambda workers and you'll find that, you know, they are being loaded quicker. Fantastic. So we're really so, doing everything we can to, 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 to speed it. And it's like, let's, yeah. let's optimize under the covers as much as possible. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's one of the great things about this feature is that actually there's a lot happening behind the scenes, but from mm. a customer point of view, it is a tick box, uh, on the Lambda function and that's it. So I, so I choose it. So it's a conscious decision. Is there anything I need to think about from a code perspective in terms of my code structure or things that may not work the same in that type of model? Yeah, I think for, for most people, uh, their code will be unchanged, but there uh, definitely is some things to think about. So we're moving from a world where execution environments are created from scratch to world where we're actually storing uh, a single state and actually restoring from a single state. So everything is a clone of, of the original state. So if we have a Lambda function that is using Secrets Manager and RDS for our database, then you could go and get that RDS database password from Secrets Manager in the initialization phase and that could be uh, stored in the in the the snapshot image. Uh, that might be good or bad depending on how you rotate your passwords. So on one side, it's uh, pre doing a network hop. So you are storing that information in the in the snapshot image, which means that you don't have to do it on each invoke. But the bad side could be that you are also storing effectively ephemeral data and that password might be rotated in the future and you might actually be persisting a incorrect uh, database password. So obviously we should always handle errors like this and your, your code should always be able to, to, to cope with scenarios like this. But I think it's uh, one of those things to, to be aware of that if you are uh, storing ephemeral data, um, you know, make a decision on whether that is a is a choice that you want to make. Is that is that still an improvement, or is it uh, mm -hmm. an operation will always error and have to be repeated? Things like that. 
And I guess because you have that switch, you can you can choose. So uh, you know, you, you, it's a conscious decision. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we've also included uh, runtime hooks within this feature, so you have the opportunity to run uh, your own code just before the snapshot and just after the snapshot is taken. Oh, cool. So it may well be that you know, in the example I just gave with the with the database secrets, is instead of calling that in the init phase, you might move that to the, you know, just after the snapshot has been restored. Nice. So that happened just once, but it's uh, it's done and isn't stored as part of the disk image. So who's this feature for? Like who, who's going to use it and what are they going to do with it? Uh, I think this is going to be pretty widely used. I think uh, using Java for, for web apps and, and REST APIs is, is really common. And I think people who have tried to bring those applications to Lambda have, have been pretty frustrated with the, the latency because um, you when you're building APIs and, and customer-facing apps, you, you really want that responsive you know, feel and you don't want to be waiting around for seconds when you do get a cold start. So I think um, people who have built uh, existing applications with Java, with, with frameworks like Spring, I think they will really find this feature really beneficial. They'll be able to bring over their applications, uh, probably not have to change much of the code at all, enable the functionality uh, and get started really quickly. And what does it cost to use this? Well, that is that is the great the, the great question. And the answer is that this functionality is free. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so this functionality is, is free to use. You only pay for for the duration of the Lambda function, and that's it. I love that. So you don't have to decide from a cost perspective. It's a performance perspective. What about runtime support? Where do we sit with that with, uh, with Snapstart? Today, we'll just be making Snapstart available for Java 11, so Amazon's Coretto 11. And... Uh, future versions of Java as they're made available. I'm sure uh, lots of people will be interested in this functionality for other languages, and you know we're really open to to hearing your feedback uh, and why this might be important and, and useful for other languages. But at the moment, it's Java 11 and future versions of Java. Fantastic, excellent. Well, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, and going behind the covers a little bit to what sounds like something really useful to a lot of folks who are writing in Java. Welcome. Thank you very much. And thanks everyone for listening. Check out the show notes for further information. We do love to get your feedback. Adibus podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.